When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the first Stanley on the North Bank podcast from Wales Online. My name is Matt Davis, I'm the Head of Sport in Swansea and today I'm joined by Swansea City writer Andrew Gwillem and Chief Football Writer Chris Wadden. Uh, morning gents. Morning Matt. Morning, how are you doing? Okay, yeah, we'll jump straight into it, okay. Um, Sam Dory game, 4-0 at the weekend at the Liberty. Um, Gwill, what do you think of the performance? Yeah, on the whole, pretty impressive. Um, you know, it's always very hard to judge... Uh, pre-season friendlies and you know how they'll carry over into the season but you can only beat the side that's put in front of you and Swansea did that fairly emphatically you know there were some impressive performances along the way um, you know created a lot of opportunities they could probably have won by uh, more than four goals to be honest and they were reasonably solid defensively so I think you know ahead of the big kickoff uh, this weekend uh, you know really good uh, really good hit out for Paul Clement and his men I thought what? Well, I mean, I've watched the highlights of what I wasn't there. I was covering Cardiff this weekend, and you know, people can go all sorts of ways with pre-season results, don't they? You know, if you, if you lose your last game before pre-season, people are panicking that there's going to be uh, a season of doom and gloom. You win a game, and it's because the opposition aren't good enough. You know, ultimately, pre-season games aren't for people on the outside. They aren't for fans or us to judge what's going to come. They are for the manager, for the players, for that last chance of running through the things they should have been working on uh, over the summer and um, you know from what I've seen and from the you know, reports I've heard back you know there's, there's plenty of, of reason to be optimistic um, you know, there's a lot of talk of how the sort of front three interchange very well um, you know including Jordan Ayew who's you know who's for all his misgivings you know in sort of scoring goals last year you know his work rate was, was superb at times it looks like he's carried that on and a lot of um, positives come out of the performance of Tammy Abraham, who, you know, is it right or sort of been um, almost forgotten about, you know, with all the drama around Sigurdsson and, you know, and whether there's going to be any more arrivals. I don't think anyone should really, you know, uh, overlook too much, you know, what, um, what a player Abraham could yet be for Swansea. You know, he certainly looks like he's, got a, he's going to be hungry and, and trying to make his mark. Have we, have we learned anything then for the... Um for the opener at St Mary's next weekend, any any clues? Well, I think you know there are probably a few clues in the selection. I don't. I'd be surprised if there were too many changes from that side. I mean, obviously the notable you know sort of uh, omission from the starting lineup on Saturday was uh, Rocky Mesa. You know, Leon Britton starting and captain the side, and you know the three deep line midfielders played really well. So you know, I think it may well be that um, you know for all the fact they've paid eleven million pound for him that. Um, you know, he might find himself on the bench this weekend. You know, and that, you know that's not that's no reason for anyone to be alarmed about what sort of impact he might make this season. You know, he's just a guy settling into a new team, you know, to a new system, uh, and, and that'll take time. And you know, when he came on, he looked pretty accomplished. So I think it just gives Paul Clement, a, you know, a nice selection headache to have. He's got four guys uh, and more in that position pushing to be in the side. So. Um, uh, other than that, I mean, just to touch on what Chris said there, I mean, uh, Tammy Abraham was excellent. 
Um, and obviously, you know, Lorente's injury means he's very like well, he's going to start on the weekend. And I think the, the pleasing thing about him is he, he seems to offer a variety that Swansea maybe haven't had up front uh, for a few seasons now. You know, he's he's a big guy. You know, he's six foot three, but he's not simply a target man or a, or a back to goal player. You know, he he looks to run the channels. He's got the speed to take him away from defenders, and he, and he can pull them into positions they don't want to go. You know, he, he gives Swansea a threat in behind that they really didn't have at times last season, and uh, you know it allow them to stretch the game far more, and hopefully be less one pace than they were at times last season. Yeah, you, you, me and Andrew were discussing this point a little bit uh, over the weekend, and you know how many times over the years when Swansea have been at their best, did you see those little slip passes to catch? Uh, a back four flat, you know, you see you know, Dan Graham running through to them, obviously Mitsu, and Bowen could do it when he's explosive over those first five yards. It's not something that your red has got in his game and he wouldn't expect it. Bocha, you know, was meant to be that option next season and, and, you know, for a variety of reasons that didn't happen. So if Abraham can bring sort of some of that, you know, he's tall enough to have an aerial threat, obviously he's got a little bit of... Um, Physical nature about him despite when he was 19, you know, that, that could really bode well and sort of indicate, and, and this is the hope, that Swansea are going to go even further back to, uh, sort of to become a cliche phrase now, but the Swansea way. And I don't mean that it's all of a sudden going to be Swansea alone now and send, send possession again, but it's going to be, a, that identity is going to be closed back a bit, which is above all the most important thing because it's, it's the identity is what's so Swansea. Really. Clement reinstalling that and having that set of principles of play and, and clear understanding that fall back on when you're in uh, when you're in crisis, when you're in problems on the pitch. How many times last season did we see under Greenland and very much so under Bradley when things went awry for five minutes and under pressure, they, they lost all sense of, of direction. They, they just collapsed and saw you know teams rack up scores. Having that sort of clear cohesion and collective understanding of what the team is about and the way they're going to attack teams and the way they're going to defend is what makes you competitive, is what gives you an edge, is what allows you to handle pressure and um, and hopefully that is what Clement has had uh, been able to do over this summer. You talk about Abraham there, what I thought was, was excellent. Um, anyone else really catch, catch the eye? I, I thought Leroy Fair had a, had a, had a decent game. Yeah, we cer- yeah, certainly did. Yeah, you know, um, you know, he, he came in for a bit of criticism, and rightly so at the start of last season. You know, you know, his defensive work probably really wasn't of the standard that was required. And you know, to be fair, he wasn't alone in that regard during the first half of last season. But you know, he looks uh, he looks fit. He looks uh, lean and mean. You know, he gives a physical presence in that midfield and some really good driving runs forward on the weekend. A couple of crunching tackles and. You know that that three, him, Britton, and Carroll. You know they do play well together. They've had experience of playing in that system towards the end of last year, and they all look very comfortable. You know in each other's sort of company and the way that they all play. So you know, touching on what Chris was talking about there, you know, I think you can see that there is a greater cohesiveness and an understanding of what they're being asked to do. And um, you know, I think that alone will make a difference to Swansea this season because they did lack that, particularly during the first half of the last season. Um, so let's touch on pre-season in general. Do you think it's it's gone well? Well, yeah, I 
answer that truthfully are the management and the players because you know, forget the results, it really doesn't matter. The opposition provide different challenges at different levels. Some games are purely fitness based, you know, they are not going to come up against a side like Sampdoria with the Italian when you're thinking and not harassing the ball. They're not going to come up against a side of the standards of some of the teams they play in America and they're not going to be playing games in 90 degree heat however much we would like it because we can all pop down burdens or what have you you know and um, it's it's a complete misnomer the pre-season results what is important is the work they do as a unit because you don't get that time at any other point as a manager you don't get that stretch of time where you can work solidly for a month getting ideas across getting your, your players sharp getting a clear uh, understanding of what is going to be required, getting that team spurt together. You know, when Clement came in, don't forget, in the middle of one, more than a relegation battle, it just felt like a procession to the championship, didn't it? He had to work on fixing that side while games were coming, you know, more than once a week. He's had this block, and this is where, as a guy who built his reputation as a coach, he should come to the fore and you know the feedback I've not spoken to any players in a, in a little while but the feedback in the early part of pre-season was that they were very happy they were very impressed with what he was doing what, what he was laying out because you know footballers don't mind hard work as long as they know it's going to lead to something and, and that's been the key for Clement you know uh, and we spoke to Martin Olsen not on us long after he joined and said about how he was uh, he couldn't sit down for two days after the first uh, the first training sessions you know and working that hard but players would go through that levels if they know it was going to bring rewards that was a problem under the last two managers and I think this is why this summer is so key for Swansea and why you know despite all the, the headlines which has made our summers easier in many respects the key will be what Clement has done with the players he has there yeah, well, I think I think clarity. You know, clarity is one of the big things that comes up when you talk to the players and the staff about what Clement brings. You know, just that complete vision of what he wants and what they're doing. You know, training is very well organised. No one's hanging around waiting for anyone to put the cones or the bibs out. Everyone's just ready to go from one part to the next. You know, and as Chris said, you know, in America, you know, they you know they're regularly doing double, maybe even triple sessions. So you know, performances aren't going to be of the sort of sharpness that you would. You know, want to see in a fully fledged Premier League game. You know, that's that's not what they're designed for. They're designed to put miles in the legs and you know, just to get that bit of sharpness and that fitness and ultimately what you're hoping is that they you know, they hit the ground running this weekend because, you know, sides have poor pre season results and go on to have really good seasons. Some will have excellent pre season results and they'll go on to, go on to really struggle. So, you know, they they're no more than very minor indicators really. It's as Chris said, more about the work in the background. But you'd hope that the work that Clement has done and the calibre of coach that he clearly is will uh, will mean that we have a better season to look forward to. I mean, you would <laughs> it probably couldn't get much worse than what yeah, we had last year. Uh, right, moving on then. Unfortunately, we're going to have to touch on the elephant in the room. <laughs> um, we don't particularly like uh, writing about it too much anymore. But the the Gilfie situation, um, the latest. I, where 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 do we stand now? Um, just think, you know, we've got two clubs talking, trying to sort out a deal, and um, you know, it's incredibly frustrating. You know, I, I, you know, I personally feel that it feels like Swansea City's uh, summer has 
rather stalled around this issue. And I think they did a lot of good work quite early in the window. If you look at getting in uh, Mesa, Abraham, uh, and clearing out players, you know, with deemed surplus to requirements. And, um, you know, and since then, it, it kind of feels like it's all pending the outcome of this. And, I mean, you know, the longer it, it drags on, uh, as much as I admire the principle of, you don't sell a player unless your valuation is met. You know, I, I think we're in the window now where, you know, this is starting to do a little bit of damage to Swansea, you know, because the things that they need to do in the transfer window, or they will need to do if Sigurdsson leaves, are on hold. And, you know, obviously we kick off on Saturday and there's, what is it, three, uh, three and a bit weeks left of the window. So, um, you know, you just hope that one way or the other, this is resolved very quickly because it really can't drag on much longer than it already has done. What? Very aware that when by the time people are listening to us that they it could all be done and Sigurdsson's already holding a, an Everton shirt or his uh, fan come out and said he, he wants to stay, um, which, you know, let's remember he's been very uh, conspicuous for his silence this summer uh, for all the protestations from Clement that he said he's not being told directly he wants to leave. But it's, it's an awkward one. I think Swansea, as Andrew said, I think they were spot on in their stance. You know, uh, I think they, it was about time that Swansea made a stronger play to keep one of their players, or at least get um, you know top whack. I think um, that is a sign that there is a bit more financial sort of security or underpinning it all at the club at the moment. Um, what it has affected, obviously, is is next moves in the transfer window, and you know people said, well, are they dependent on the citizen money? No, but. A little, you know, perhaps a little uh, insight is that if they're talking to um, a Spanish club about a centre midfielder, for example, uh, and the deal is for seven million, well, if they know that, if they see in the press, and apologies, but we've got to report it, that Sigerson could be going for forty-five, fifty million, then that Spanish club are going to want more money. That agent is going to want more money for his player. It can go on and on like that, and. You know, regardless of whether that deal, uh, the Citizen deal actually goes through. So that's where the problem is. Obviously, if it does go through, then perhaps look at another calibre of players, another bracket, if you want, because they've, they've got that bit more to spend. So it has become problematic. I think there's, there's an element of sympathy, certainly for Clement, who will, will want this focus to be, as you're talking, on the training ground, on the players at his disposal, knowing where he wants to go. And I can understand, therefore, why... Sigurdsson hasn't been involved on that basis alone. But there's also sympathy for Swansea in, in, in some regards because they've made their stance and almost playing a little game of poker, fully expecting that they would probably come back and do some sort of deal. And why that quite hasn't happened, I'm not sure, because all the feedback from the Everton end, and we've had it from Kuman all summer, is that it's close, that he definitely wants him, that he's pushing for it. So why they dragged you know, I don't know. I can't imagine this overseeing a, a couple of million quid, uh, which, you know, it's just a couple of million quid. Like, you like a lot to anyone else, but it's a clever deal we're talking about. But, you know, people are saying, oh, it's got to get done now. Well, that's fine. But if Swansea went back and said, yes, we want to do it now, well, they can just drop, their, drop the price they were up prepared to offer. It doesn't work like that. It's got to be two parties coming to the table and agreeing. It's just because one side wants it done. Otherwise, you're in a vulnerable position. Um, it's, a, it's become a bit of a mess. It's become a bit of a, a saga. And uh, and it would be great for everyone just to put it to bed. I don't think I see him signing a contract or anything like that. But um, uh, And I, I can't imagine that he's going to come up and 
declare his future for Swansea. And the worrying is, is that even after this window, it's just going to pop its ugly head up in the next window if he does stay. So um, it does need to get sorted, quite how it gets sorted. Well, that's down to uh, the Everton board, I think, more than anyone else. Is this having? This is obviously having a, a knock-on effect to business elsewhere. I mean, a sort of roundup in, in general. The links to Wilfred Boney. We saw yesterday a, a story about NASA Chadley and West Brom would only uh, listen to offers of, of twenty-five million pounds for for Chadley. That is a knock-on effect to what's been happening with with Gilfie. Um, what's the the latest in terms of? The bony talk. Are we any any nearer? I I think it won't become any clearer until Sigurdsson is resolved. You know, I think um, as Chris touched on there, you know, th- there'll be deals in place for certain targets, but they will ultimately be affected by uh, you know any summer money or significant summer money that Swansea get for Sigurdsson. You know, um, it's frustrating. You know, and some of the pl- uh, caliber of some of the players that. Swansea are targeting and they are being linked with. You know, I think most fans would be quite excited at the prospect of some of them pulling on a Swansea City shirt this season. But you know, it's it's hard to see any real movement on any of them uh, until they know exactly what the situation is with Sigurdsson, and um, that's the that's the frustration. And that's I think that's the frustration for uh, the club. I think that's the frustration for supporters and. Um, you know, as I said earlier, you've just got to hope that that can be resolved in a timely fashion to give Swansea the time that they'll need uh, to get these deals over the line. Because you know, th- there are areas in that squad that still need strengthening. I think mm. I think that's pretty clear that it's it is thin in some places. And if if they lose Sigurdsson, quite clearly they're going to need to spend some good money there to replace him with a player of good quality. But uh, at the moment, you know, it, it is all hinging on. Uh, those talks with Everton and what the outcome is. What I what I would hope is that should it go through when it does happen, and if it is late in the window, that regardless of you know an outcry to spend money, that the money is spent well. Mm. I would rather Swansea not sign anyone else if they were you know say Sigurdsson stays or they only sign <coughs> one more to replace him, what have you. I'd rather them not just go or oh, let's get someone in for the sake of getting getting someone in and getting an extra name on the yellow bar and Sky Sports on on uh, August the 31st or whenever it's going to be this year the pro- some of Swansea's problem over recent years has not been so much spending money it's been spending it badly and I think that is the key is get the right players in to improve the side and not just because there's a demand to get another name in um, I think you know, I think again, I agree with Andrew there's there are areas that need strengthening. Um, I'm surprised another fullback, namely a right back, hasn't come into it at the very least. Um, challenge Cal Norton, who did perform well towards the end of last season, but you know has had you know periods where he's been dis- very disappointed. Um, not just singling Norton out, but you know the, the wingers, if they play in that system, haven't uh, delivered enough. You know, Narsing has been a, a disappointment, really, compared to compared to the other January signings. And I think they probably they need another forward, uh, whether it's an out and out striker or someone like Chadley, really, who you know has been linked to the club in the past. I think twenty-five million is expensive, uh, but he is someone that does intrigue because he could play 
a number of those positions across the front three and probably suits the way that Swansea want to be, perhaps quite fluid. Um, but, you know, West Brom probably seeing Swansea coming on that regard because of Sigurdsson and because of the, the lateness in the window now. So, it's, um, well, it's going to give us plenty of right about boys. So, uh, <laughs> we shouldn't go and lose much. Are we, are we likely to see any other outgoings, do you think? Yeah, I think there'll be a few. I mean, I, I'm not sure there'll be any major outgoings other than Sigurdsson. Uh, but I think you're looking at loan moves, you know, I mean, there's interest in Christopher Nordfeldt going out on loan. I mean, I think the club are of the opinion that another season on the bench is just not going to do him any good. He's going to stagnate. He needs game time. You know, hence why Erwin Mulder has come in. So that slot is taken up and he can move on without it having too much of an impact. Um, I think young Ollie McBurney, I think there's a desire for him to have a loan spell in the championship at least, you know, just to pick up from where he left off with the 23s, you know, not going to learn anything more about him playing in the 23s. It's about him now having, you know, good calibre, first team experience elsewhere and seeing that he can carry that on. Um, you know, there's there's question marks over a couple of other players. Obviously, you know, Key is injured at the moment and... Um, you know he's only he's now entering the final year of his contract, um, and at, at the moment there's no suggestion that a new deal is in you know is in the offing. So you know there could be some movement there. And I suppose the other big unknown is you know we talk about strikers, but you know the, the Laurenti to Chelsea links, you know they persist. They're not going anywhere. Um, so you know who knows on that score. You know if Swansea are able to bring in another one, maybe two strikers. Say it's it's Boney and one other, just for example. You know, might that happen? You know, we'll have to wait and see on that. There's no indication at the moment that uh, you know Chelsea have made any serious offers for him this summer. Um, but yeah, I, other than Sigurdsson as it stands, I wouldn't expect any major outgoings. Although obviously Montero is another. We talk about wingers. There, there's interest in him as well from um, a certain Michael Loudrup. <laughs> Whilst is Kyle Bartley? Would you say he's now Clement's backup centre back option? Uh, as it stands, I would say. Um, I've not seen enough of Kyle in pre-season um, to see whether he's with a pro match. He watched, watched him once or twice at Leeds. He was very impressive. I think in, in, in his defence, or to his credit, he's never really had a run at Swans. Um, you could argue that he's never deserved one, or that you know, there's no reason for him to because of the form of others, but he's never had that chance to stake a claim. Um, but you know, I don't think Clement could realistically break up the partnership of Mawson and Fernandez at the first at the first time last year, given the way that they played at the end of last season. Now they came in a set, you know, the fifth of six possible centre back combinations used by Swansea last year, which is a which is a bit of a joke to be honest, considering that they first played together. Uh, at Crystal Palace, I believe, in Clement's sort of quasi first game in charge, and played every single game, and drastically uh, reduced the number of goals against. You know, started to pick up some clean sheets, especially with that key point at the end of last season. I think Mawson, um, obviously, the sort of strides he made, but I think what shouldn't go unnoticed is the way that Fernandez mm. improved and, and started looking like the player that Swansea signed. You know, on the back of the World Cup, you know he. He has got the attributes to be a very, very good defender if the best can be coaxed out of him, if he can get an understanding with his centre-back partner. So I think, you know, barring injuries, I think they're the two that would go uh, into the season and, and Bartley's going to have to kick his heels a little bit again. But, you know, 
he's gonna you know, he's gonna have to suck that up a little bit and you know possibly accept this is his last chance to show. He can he can uh, make it at Swansea if you will. He's done everything he could at Leeds and um, and you know, ultimately he's a Swansea player. You know, should, you know, I know there's interest in him from Leeds and, and possibly Bella with Monks is at the moment, but you know why would Swansea let him go? Uh, just because he's not going to be first choice, that's why you have a squad for. So um, we'll be interested to see if he does get a run on the side. But at the moment, I'd be very comfortable with most of Fernandez starting the season. And if they were to let him go, they'd have to replace him as well, obviously. So um, okay, um, moving on. Um, kick off for the Premier League this weekend. The they line up at St Mary's. Are we likely to see um, the similar starting eleven to what we saw against Sampdoria? Yeah, I think that would be my expectation. You know, I think um, you know the final, you know, the final week before the opening game is when you'd like to put the side out that you plan to use the following week, and you know, on the back of a you know a pretty good performance uh, and some encouraging signs from a few individuals there, I would think that the eleven, you know, you know fitness provided that um, the eleven that played was started on the weekend would start this weekend, and you know, Messer might just have to wait. Uh, wait for his turn in that midfield role, but um, yeah, I mean, I think Routledge is the number ten. You know, that's an interesting one, you know, and the way they used him at the weekend. You know, he didn't play that role as obviously someone like Gilfie Sigurdsson would. You know, he was more used as a means of dragging people into positions they didn't want to go to. You know, you could see Sampdoria's defensive midfielders when he pulled wide and Ayu pulled wide. They weren't sure whether to follow them and leave space in the middle or to stay in the middle. And leave them have the room out wide, and, you know, and Swansea had a, an awful lot of um, prosperity coming down those two flanks, you know. So I mean, I'd be interested to see how that would work, in you know, once the meaningful action starts this weekend. But I would, yeah, I would fancy that we'd see the same eleven. What? Uh, yeah, it was interesting. It was like I know after that piece you wrote about the um, the West Brom game and the load that there was sort of touches of the. Of the three wingers in the way that Routledge and AU could sort of interchange, really, you know, both familiarities in the position. So it, it it's quite intriguing that. Um, uh, yeah, I'd imagine that it's away from home that that's the way they would um, they would go. But um, you know, barring any uh, knocks and training this week, which is the last thing any manager would want. So um, yeah, it's uh, time for talking is almost over, as they say. Um. I'll ask you to put your head on the block. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Southampton are a bit of an unknown quantity, so I'm not really sure how they're going to get on this season. Um, point would that be a decent result? You think? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see why not. Point, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And Swansea haven't got the greatest of records at Southampton or against Southampton in general. If I'm right, they were. Uh, they lost one year last year at St Mary's, and if I remember rightly, it was one of those. Brutal performances where on match of the day and on the scoreboard, you know, just losing one nil looks fairly respectable, but in reality they were a mess. <laughs> um, and I, I agree with you. I'm not sure what to expect from Southampton. Uh, another new manager there. Um, you know, Swansea you know themselves how difficult that can be. Uh, sort of constantly chopping, changing managers. Uh, so, you know, and they won't too far away I was doing some research for the preview pieces you're right there's only six points that ended up separating Southampton and eighth and um, and uh, Watford I think it was in 17th last year so you know they, they're further away from that top seven they were once trying to break into 
I think the point would be whatever and I take it you're up and running aren't you but you got something on the board yeah yeah I'd agree with that you know I think you know opening day of the season you, you don't want to lose you know you, you just want to get something on the board get up and running and it was quite interesting in a way I think you know, the two two sides are, are in reasonably similar sort of situations you know for Sigurdsson at Swansea you can read Van Dyke at Southampton um, you know they've not brought that many players in. I think they've only made one sign in so far this window so they'll actually you know they'll probably both be reasonably settled sides you know they're probably yeah. as, as familiar maybe a lineup as you as you'll see in any game across the fixtures this weekend but yeah I mean you know you just you just want to get up and running be that a point or a win obviously you prefer a win but just just get on the board and uh, and get rolling great I want to make a quick mention about Alan Tate's testimonial this weekend uh, this week sorry um, a great lineup announced for it really looking forward to certainly seeing Faye Bodder to put on a uh, a swan shirt again um, thoughts yeah fantastic isn't it you know I think um you know, Tatey, you know, wonderful servant to the club, you know, as, as a few players in that uh, sort of vintage that he was part of were, you know, and just fantastic to see so many great Swansea names back there. And I think that's a sign of the esteem that, um, you know, that he is held in by people at the club and people who have been at Swansea, you know, to see such a, you know, it's quite a star-studded list, isn't it? You've got, you know, obviously Brendan Rodgers, Roberto Martinez, you mentioned Ferry Bodder. You've got guys like um, James Thomas, you know Adrian Forbes. You know it's a real great cast of guys who've uh, been part of the, you know that sort of incredible journey that the club has been on. You know going from the foot of the football league, you know to the heights of the Premier League. And you know, it was interesting. You know, done an interview piece with Tate ahead of it, and you know just how much, you know he wants the fans to see it as a celebration of that of that era, which you know it might never be repeated in. Um, you know, maybe in this club's history, and you know, maybe any other club's history. So you know, it promises to be a fantastic night, and uh, you know, hopefully, he'll get a great crowd for his uh, for his big Liberty occasion as well. Yeah, I hope people are really make an effort. You know, for for Tatey, he's um, he's a great guy. Um, you know, I know fans think about having a team of volunteers <laughs> where we went the same thing as journalists because he was brilliant with everything because uh, he'd be so brutally honest and always give you a line make. Uh, John Wilshire, a good press officer, sweat <laughs> every time he saw him in front of a dictaphone. I always remember, my, I think one of my favourite TV interviews was uh, they played Doncaster in League One, I think when Roberto was manager, and Richie Wellens had been accused of spitting at Leon Britain. And, uh, and Teddy was an ex-teammate of Wellens from uh, the United Days, and we gone to him for his, his verdict, and... Um, and he said, well, I think it's simple. I think FIFA should make a rule that if uh, you see someone spitting, you should be able to give them a free punch. <laughs> um, which was typical to, you know, <laughs> we thought, well, that's how it's sorted. Yeah. Um, he, and he was so forthright, he, he criticised himself um, as much as anyone else. He had that Gary Neville style of brutal honesty. Uh, you know, he, he'd come off a pitch sometimes and say, oh, if you give me a six, I'd be happy with that. He knew more than anyone when, when he'd been poor. I think that's what, uh, you know, the respect you have from teammates is because of that honesty and um, you know, the, the famous sort of interview in the early days of Loudrup where mm. things certainly weren't right and, you know, he said basically sacrificed himself because that was his, I think it might have been his last game in the Premier League, I think it was after they lost to Everton yeah. at home where he said we played as individuals and not as a team and he said it brought it to the fore uh, the team meetings, things got sorted out. Tate didn't play in the Premier League again, but 
Swansea City were better for it, and I think that more than anything sums up mm. Alan Tickson. Well then, um, I'm going to ask you for your season prediction now. I know this is uh, we're not we don't like doing this, but um, Quill, where will the Swans finish? Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say 13th. Um, I think you know if you look at last season, they were pretty much the worst side in the Premier League over the first half of that season. They were eighth in the Premier League over the second half of last season. You know, I think the truth. Uh, the truth about where Swansea lie is probably somewhere between those two extremes. Um, you know, I think from seventh place down, it's going to be fiendishly tight again. You know, I, you just look at last season, as Chris was saying about, you know, the gap between Southampton down to the relegation zone was only there's only twelve points. Um, you know, that's not very much at all over a thirty-eight game season. So, um, I think you know, solid solid mid-table finish, um, progress from last season. And you know, hopefully, uh, not too much anxious looking over the shoulder or at too many teams above above the Swans as the season goes on. So something relatively stress free would be uh, <laughs> good for all concerned. That would be, I think. That would be nice. What? Uh, I think I said twelve, so I'm going to stick with that now. Aren't I? Um, don't think you can you know, accurately call it until the end of the transfer window, mm. and not just from Swansea's perspective, but from others. Um, so. I'm, I'm hopeful and I hope it's not just sort of blind faith in the job that Clement has done so far um, and of course as John Toshak once said the only thing that surprises me in football is that people are surprised so um, uh, let's bring it on bring it on well, I'm going to go for 14th 14th, 14th 15th <laughs> real wide that, range of opinions yeah, that, that, <laughs> that'll do me well that's probably a, a good place to wrap it up there gents um Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, just a reminder that you can get all the latest Swansea City news on Wales Online on Twitter at um, Swansea City Live and on Facebook, Swansea City Wales Online. Bye for now. Cheers.